Anyway, that's why they call me Shadow Facts, Lord of all horses. Hello, everybody. Welcome the hell to Podquisition. First Podquisition of the new year. Thank you very much. 2018. It means literally everything's different now. And I'm joined by Laura, which isn't different. Everything is the same. Everything's the same in 2018. How the hell are you, Laura? I'm bloody good. You know, one thing that's different since last week that makes me very happy and I can already tell is going to make a big difference to the flow of this week's show. We're back on Skype and oh my God, I missed (laughs) for all of the shit we give it. I missed Skype during like the one week we had to use Discord again. Yeah, we we really do need to try Mumble. We'll we'll try Mumble. Maybe we'll make that a, a resolution for 2018, which... It already is 2018, so we fucked that one but, up. But I only a- just came up with it. <laughs> it's fine. There will be at least one episode during 2018 in which we try mumble and probably find a thing we hate <laughs> about it and go back to Skype. We'll fuck it up we'll, somehow. We'll try it. Yeah. I'm also joined, as always. Well, not as always, because sometimes he's not around. He goes on his um, he goes on these retreats uh, to an old lighthouse where he deliberately sends ships to their doom. Um, but when he's not doing that, he's here with us. He and I is... play guitar solos up on the top of the lighthouse. Like the oh, yeah. The, do, like do that you... scene in The Crow. <laughs> do, you play the, do you play the guitar solos up there to celebrate that you've crashed another ship, or is it something else entirely? No, it's more the audio waves lead them in the right direction for, to the crash. Oh, it's, it's, it's like your a siren. siren. Oh. Yeah, ask, ask Neil deGrasse Tyson, he will explain the details to you. I don't really know how it works. But, uh, <laughs> I, w- I always remember watching that scene in The Crow and being like, man, if I was his neighbour, I would fucking go up there and kill him all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, though, Gavin is Ireland's most successful independent lighthouse <laughs> heavy metal siren. There we go. That'll heavy metal that, lighthouse siren. Now there is a concept. Al- if only Dio were still around to do this concept mm. album. Hey, heavy hey. metal lighthouse siren. Hey, Gavin. Lighthouse I, siren! I, I hate to tell you, Gavin, but you are a music man. You could make that concept album. It is you within could. your power. And it has to I be a concept could. album. You've got to stretch it over like at least ten, a, ten to thirteen songs. Oh yeah. Or, or just three songs that are like 23, 25 minutes long each. Oh, that's uh, it. Yeah, like throw in like really long Pink Floyd uh, level guitar solos. Yeah. Um, do like a great gig in the sky thing. That's basically cheating uh, in terms of throwing it on a concept album. Just a lot of... <laughs> uh, that'd be perfect. Have my lighthouse. Is this the right house? <laughs> it's not a shite house. Uh, one of my favourite pulp songs is about a lighthouse. It's on the first album. F- funny story, I learned this from my friend Leo, who is an, uh, uh, he's a musician, uh, Leo VK. Uh, re- I recommend his stuff because I'm biased and it's collusion. Um, but he taught me this about pulp because he's a massive pulp fan. Um, the first album, if you ever listen to it, you, you probably haven't. It's not very well known. It's you know years before Common People. It's called It. And it is very happy and very happy. Not not the kind of sort of social poetry commentary you, say you expect by pop, from Jarvis Cocker. I'm just Cocker. thinking like, Hiya Chucky, do you want a balloon? <laughs> That's a wonderful impersonation. I love that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's called it, and it's got a song called My Lighthouse on it. 
which is just a lovely little tune, very melodic. I really like it. But it's a lot of there's there's one song called uh, Love Love where it, and it's Jarvis Cocker just like I love love with a lot of trumpets and it's like almost cringeworthy except I love it. Um, you're this, sat on top your lighthouse, sending ships out into rocks. <laughs> Everybody knows, Gav, you're a bit of a cock. Nice. nice. Um, but yeah, uh, so this really happy, jumpy album. Uh, this is Jim's Musical Corner, by the way, uh, a spin-off <laughs> from Gav's Musical Corner. Um, it's a really happy bun- uh, bouncy. Apparently, Jarvis Cocker then had sex um, for the first time, and the second album is called Freaks, and is... <laughs> About as far away from happy and jumpy as you can get. Like the yeah. the first, the first song includes a lyric. Um, it's something like the the fish eyed fetus floats in the something or other. Um, it it's got all sorts of just dark and twisted songs. I, um, and, you, and then I mean, are you Jarvis implying? Is Sorry, Laurie, you go on. I, I was just going to say, are you implying that sex broke his mind? I think he he most of his lyrics about sex are quite dark. Yeah, honestly, that is true. Mm. Um so I don't know what the fuck happened, but but there goes the story I heard. Take um, your year in Provence and shove it up your ass. Yeah, his uh God, pulp is good. Pulp is good. Not just because of songs about, you know, shoving it up your ass, <laughs> but uh Well the lyric, like that song is just fucking mm. It's scary how evil he is in that mm-hmm. song. Uh, this been, is hardcore. I've been sleeping with your wife and drinking your brandy. <laughs> Pencil skirt, another uh, mm. sort of very ski. He, he does sleazy as a mm. song very underwear you know, very well. There, underwear that song one is very skeezy. Actually, my favorite pulp song. No, no, my second favorite after Miss Shapes, which is a shame yeah. because uh, Jarvis Cocker disavowed Miss Shapes. Really? He doesn't like it. Yeah, he doesn't like it, apparently. Mm. Um, but I, I love it. But Underwear, my second favorite, which delighted me when I heard it live because I didn't expect to hear a song like that live. Um, but the one time I ever saw Pulp, they did Underwear live in the encore. Um, mm. But it is, it's such a like horrendously sleazy song lyrically with this beautiful romantic uh melody to it uh it, it's a wonderfully dissonant song um same with the night that minnie timperley died uh one of the later yeah. songs uh which just includes one lyric in particular that i won't repeat here but is just so bone chilling in 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 its uh delivery and and wording just yeah. mm. uh but yeah, uh, also one of my favourite songs because, well, again, and, and it's a, just dark and also weirdly, brightly melodic. Of course, the evergreen um, song from, from Jarvis that is more relevant than ever is Cunts Are Still Running the World. Yes, Running the World is uh, relegated to a hidden bonus track, although such things now aren't really a thing. But uh, yeah, on his uh, solo album, uh, Running the World... Yeah, yeah, it it, it so. really does fit more than ever. Um, but anyway, it's, welcome anyway, to the podcast. It's nice the to have it's nice to have a music corner every now and then. Like I, never I think have this a is the third time we've we've gushed about pulp on the I, on the podcast. I don't have anything particular about pulp to say. I went down a different mental tangent, which was just like, 
what songs make me think of lighthouses? And there's one that came to <laughs> mind that is a song called Black Eyes by David Wersig, which I think was a weather track on Welcome to Night Vale at some point. Um, uh... And it's just a song about someone like struggling to keep above water out at sea. And I always picture lighthouses when I hear it, and I'm not sure why. So there's there's Laura's music that makes her think <laughs> of lighthouses corner. <laughs> That's got legs as a segment, that what? does. What, we should, we should just form that... a band around this team. I mean, we could call ourselves uh... something like, you know, the Lighthouse Family. That's the Lighthouse ne- Keepers. That's probably never been done. Well, no, we could go with um, with metal musicians on top of a lighthouse. You know, it's a perfect name right there. It exists. The Heavy Metal oh, Lighthouse no. Sirens. The, the Heavy Metal Lighthouse Sirens. That's the one. And I'm pretty sure that there has to be the name this week now. Yeah. Heavy metal lighthouse sirens, yeah, I like that. God, I just realised I've probably repeated some of those things I've said about pulp. I bet I've repeated the the it to freaks transition before. You might in, have, in, a, in a prior episode. You might have I'm done, but here's, here's the thing: it's a new year, which means that like it's like a new show, and therefore no one can complain if we right. repeat old bits. This yeah. is this is our new fifty two reboot, and it will be just as popular. Yeah, so... this, this is this is actually not episode one hundred and sixty three of Podquisition. This is episode one of the new one hundred and sixty two. Exactly. <laughs> uh, should we talk about some video games? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, by the way. Oh, hey. um, how, how are hey. you, Gaff? I did introduce you. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't introduce you. We just got very tangential. I think the problem this week. No, is it was like, my own fault. This week, before we started, we just like had a nice conversation, and then we came on air, and it's like, oh yeah, we're supposed to ask you on air how you're doing today. Yeah, yeah well, we well, actually I'm, did a nice catch up before we even. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use one more music analogy to describe my feelings towards um, 2018 so far. Yeah. And it's Nigel from Spinal Tap going, this one goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to say, 2018 in its like first 72 hours, it's been pretty damn good. Been pretty damn good so far. I'm I'm feeling positive. And if we can like extrapolate that data to a year, it's hopefully going to be an all right one. Well, that's yeah. On a on a on a personal note, yeah. On yeah. a personal level, it's not been too bad. Obviously, you know, we all could be blasted like Sarah Connor in that dream sequence at any moment. But outside of that, on a personal level, I've just been keeping it chill. Yeah, twenty eighteen, yeah. the year that we all just kind of keep it a bit more chill, or at least fucking well, try. Yeah, at least aspire to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. 2018, the year that at the very least the aspire three of us to aspire chill. to be a bit more chill. You know, that's uh, that's a good way to to approach it. We'll forget it by February. Oh yeah, no, um, by February as... we'll be like it's the year of the pog fucker, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh... Gavin, you played some game. You pl- I say you played some games. You played a game this week. Do you what? Do you want to talk about what you played? Uh, I've played the Frozen Wilds, which of course is the expansion for Horizon, which was my game of the year last year. Uh, is, how, how are you feeling now? Is is it is it now like even more game of the year? Sorry, Laura. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's not it's like I'm trying to do a video game show into me here. <laughs> Nah, is is how are you feeling about it? Has it has it brought up or down at all your feelings on the game? Um, it didn't. It it did absolutely nothing towards my feelings towards the main game. Didn't enjoy it quite as much as the main game. 
And the main reason for that is, well, there's two main reasons. One, I'm just totally burnt out on snowy levels. I think Skyrim burnt me out on them forever. And also, <laughs> um, they kind of changed the way the combat works with the new machines because they're so... There was a rhythm and flow to the combat in the main game. The machine attacks you, you line up your precision shot or whatever. But they're so relentless in the new one. They Honestly, just charge it, after you constantly and give you yeah. no chance to be tactical, which kind of forces you to use the new weapons, which are more I think kind that was of the point. AOE yeah. things. Which I yeah. wasn't too combat keen on. Combat seems to railroad you into the AOE yeah. and the, the more rapid fire stuff. Yeah, um, it made it feel more like a shooter. Twist, but... Mm. It's, and it's, there were there there were moments as well where I felt that really didn't work to the game's mechanics. Like there was a the, there's a fight where you used to fight three of these frost claws, I think they're called. Mm. And there was just one moment I was pinned into corner by these three massive creatures. Couldn't see anything. They were all over the camera. I was and the rate they were attacking at, I was just being stun locked over and over and over, and I couldn't Ooh. even see how to get out because they were blocking the camera. And I was like, "Ooh, this is not playing to the." The game's biggest strengths here. <laughs> one one thing I'll say for that DLC is I think it it feels a bit better if played like as part of the full game rather than separate from it. Yeah. Because like I think if I'd been playing the main game and come across that, that I probably would have felt like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. I can go do this thing that's a bit different for a little bit and then come back to the main big thing I've been yeah. doing. Yeah. It might I can have actually... been a nice... I, I just hope that I hope yeah. this is not an indication of the way they are going to take I, the combat in the sequel. I, I don't feel like that's the case. Like I think they wanted it to be like, here's a bit of a palate cleanser. Here's a chance to try something a bit different in a little small yeah. test. They'd be silly to do away with that, uh, no, the, the, you know, the, the emphasis on bows and things. The main the game main did game. too well. Like, any follow-up we get mm. is going to be like, yep, here's more of that. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, um, further to that point, uh, that it's best played as part of the main game, um, I didn't play it that way. I, I'd already completed the campaign, of course, and only fired it back up again to play Frozen Wilds. And there was something so dissonant about that because, mm. because of the way... Because Horizon takes uh, an approach to the ending of the game shared by some other games to try yeah. and be as vague as possible. Mm. The idea of going... Uh, there was a little feeling of resetting the clock that took yes. me out of the narrative and took me a while to get back into it's, it. It's to to a different extent, but it's kind of like when I went back in to do the, the Breath of the Wild DLC and was like, oh, Ganon's still there floating around? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I forget that that... That we're not acknowledging that that happened. Yeah, I just feel. I mean, I'll just put it this way: if you are going to have expansion DLC content, I think it's imperative that your game doesn't like just end and doesn't let you back into the world. Mm -hmm. We'll just say it like that. Um, you know, I don't want to have to reset. To before I, you know, do the final mission and shit like that. Like, the mm. world's got to be perpetual if you want to mm. do expansions. Otherwise, that was frustrating it's in just New gonna, Vegas as well. Yeah, like, it's just going to feel a little bit bolted. Like, the best thing Broken Steel did was fix that issue. Mm. 
Like, if, yeah. if, if you're playing through Horizon now and you have that DLC and you haven't finished it yet, like, definitely it feels more consistent to play it before you go and finish the main story. Yeah. Rather yeah. Although, than although you might have, it, I mean, it, it is a lot more difficult than the main story. There's yeah. nothing, yeah. there's nothing in the main game that's remotely as challenging to fight as the enemies in the DLC. So yeah, just bear I will that in say mind. though, um, I didn't mind it too much. I think again, because I'm, I, I take Laura's uh, belief that it was a palate cleanser. Yeah. So, it giving me just this side area where I had these new weapons. Um, I had a lot of fun with them. I like the lightning shooting stick. Um, so I didn't mind it as a little brief. Okay, let's just play it like a shooter for a bit. It took me a moment yeah. to adjust to that. And I was frustrated that my previously successful tactics weren't working. Um, but at the same time, it did make me tinker around with um, uh, the the lobbers more, the things that the, the slings yeah. and I never really bothered with them before. And they were Same. a lot more fun than I thought they were. Mm. So I may incorporate them more into the main game. If I uh, ever replay it or, or still shoot for 100% in it, which I still haven't fully, there are still some strandy quests that I've not done. Mm. Um, God, I actually might do that. Yeah. I'm not, I've got nothing going on them. right now. I started replaying the main game as well, and it, it just reaffirmed that I was absolutely correct in my decision of my favorite game <laughs> it, last year. Yeah, it, it made me. It made the one of my Jimquisition awards, which I all hold in equal esteem. By the way, um, I wasn't saying Near Automata was the bestest best game of the year. Jimquisition awards are always equal, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was on it because it's god damn what a game. It's it's if, impossible to not like give it praise this year because it's just like it it did such a good job of taking things that've been done before. Polishing them up and making making them feel fresh again. Yes, I mean that's the game that made me enjoy Radio Towers because it wasn't just climbing up a fucking static radio tower. Each one had a unique way of trying to get onto it. Yeah. Uh, so it in itself. I mean, plus was there were only like puzzle. what five of them in the whole game. Only a couple, so. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, they. Doing so pinpointed all of the potential collectibles, yeah. um, which therefore made picking them up way less of a fucking drag. <laughs> like, you can actually do them really quick. Uh, so it kind of took a lot of the... Even the stuff in Horizon that is typical open-world busy work bullshit is just that little bit more streamlined and efficient. Mm. Uh, and that's well, even, why even, I liked it so Even much. something like the flowers, which... Um, each one has a little poem to read with it. And also yeah. later on in the story, you kind of figure out why they're there and what they are, which is really cool. They were creepy. Like like reading the poetry off them and, and trying to piece together the, just this idea that something so cryptic is supposed to have a meaning and is also from mm -hmm. something ancient and long dead. Like there was something like, uh, mm -hmm. spooky about those flowers. Um, and even... Even something like the vantage points, which were something that they were Finding those were fucking annoying, I'll say that. Oh, much. really? <laughs> I really liked them. I, I actually wanted to find them as opposed to just ticking off a box. Yeah, they, they, I think that was my least favourite of the collectibles. Wow. Um, but sorry, you were, you, you were going to make a larger point there. Oh, I was just going to say, um, 
for people who did enjoy the game, um, there's a really cool documentary by uh, Danny O'Dwyer about the game on YouTube. It's No Clip is his thing. It's like an hour and a half documentary about oh. the making of the game, right going right back to like Killzone and everything and how they worked on why they wanted to make something new and how they did it and it's just a oh, fucking great documentary go and it watch is, it um, I've, I've seen it it is well worth a watch because I'm, yeah. I'm very fond of uh, Gorilla because Killzone is um, one of my favourite yeah, shooter franchises yeah you love franchises. that uh, universe don't you I love the Killzone universe yeah uh, Shadowfall was a bit of a step down and, I'm, and I don't like what it did to the universe I kind of hope they never continue from that period of time and just take us back to when the Hellghost had English accents. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I like Gorilla. You like so Gorilla. I'll have to check that out, that documentary, because uh, oh, oh, they're very good I'm, at building universes. Here's an interesting tidbit I learned from that doc- documentary. The I was always like re- so impressed with the story and the writing in the game. And I was like, I wonder, I was always wondering who wrote it. It had the same writer as Fallout New Vegas. Oh. I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I really did like Fallout New Vegas' uh, whole story and characterization and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what I really liked in Horizon? What did you really was like? Was the side character who hunts the bandit camps with you. Oh, yeah. What was his The name? bounty hunter dude. Ma- Mac or Mal or... He had a one-syllable name, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite remember the name. I was always hoping that, like, we'd get maybe some side DLC that had more about him. Um, you know, so maybe some flashbacky stuff or something. Um, but he was such a good character that I guess I can't really do much with it now. No. It would be... Nil. Nil! Yes! Nil! Uh, great character, great little character. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, other things that we have played this week. Jim, you've started playing something called Battle Chef, and I have no idea what that is. Yes, to give it its full name. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I abbreviated it when I was because I thought you'd have heard about it. I'm actually shocked you didn't. Uh, Battle Chef Brigade. Uh, it's on the Switch, and everybody like on social media has constantly been saying um not to me in general i just keep seeing it tweeted um if you have a switch you've got to have battle chef brigade the reason i've missed this has probably been because for at least the last two weeks i just haven't used social media which has been really nice I, i took a few weeks off of off of internet things so i have seemingly just like okay missed a few things that happened then that fully explains it because that's where I keep seeing it. Like <laughs> I keep seeing it on Twitter and whatnot. Um, I I haven't got deep enough into it to where I'm like completely enraptured and in love with it. However, I'll concede I can see why people are loving the hell out of this thing. And Laura, you need to get on it. Is... Uh, this is another one of these situations where I think next week you're going to be. Uh, you were so right about this. Um, you know, I, I, I pride myself on knowing you well enough over the years <laughs> to being able to pinpoint a game that I think you're going to love. I'm not always right, but this one I'd put money on. 
you um, you've you've been pretty right on the money in the past. There have been things I have regretted not jumping on sooner that I jumped on because you recommended them. I'm watching a trailer now and um I'm I'm not gonna lie, the the name Battle Chef Brigade was it's one of those names that like doesn't sound like a thing that I have to jump on. This art right? style looks yeah. really nice. There's this mm-hmm. very nice looking trailer for it. The art style is very um, the cutscenes from Gravity Rush. Yeah, uh, and it sort of got this this loose uh, hand drawn style to so, it. Um, am, am I right to assume that from the looks of this trailer, this is basically like a competitive cooking show in a Dungeons and Dragons universe? It's got kind a little of? bit of Iron Chef to it. Yeah, there's a little Iron Chef like it's all competitions. Um, but and it's a side-scrolling beat 'em up, like brawler-style <laughs> thing. And then it's a pu- where you... a match what a match four puzzler as well for the match cooking? three. A match three. It's a match three puzzler. So what you do <laughs> is you run out of the kitchen out into the yard, which is full of monsters, and hack and slash at them, and you can pull off like magical attacks and and like so you got some projectiles and there's some dodging and stuff. So you go outside and fight monsters, and they drop um, parts, ingredients, like, you know, various internal bits of them. And Mm. each one of these ingredients has arranged inside it um, shape, like like, uh, circles that you match, like a Tetris-style thing, you know, Mm. like a match-three puzzle thing. Um, Their own unique shapes and colours. Uh, and you collect a whole bunch of those, run them back into the kitchen, fire up your cooking pot, and drop them in. And rotate the circles, the spheres around to match three. And if you match three, they converge into a, a more powerful version, a more powerful colour. And then if you can match three of those, they converge into a more powerful colour. And the more you do this, the higher the points um therefore the better the dish you're cooking uh in addition to that the judges of each competition will usually want a particular element to be represented more than others so if they want water represented more than others you're going to want ingredients with a lot of blue spheres in them and mix and match a lot of blue spheres uh and then on top of that in the most Iron Chefiest bit of all, there is a special ingredient, uh, which means you want to emphasize a particular monster, uh, or, or again, you know, some, something similar to that. Um, so you want to go out and fight a particular beast to get their body parts to make the the, the dish. Uh, so it's a lot of balancing of these unique elements uh, that turns it into this uh, appealing. Uh, beat 'em up puzzle game I, hybrid. I I have not touched this game yet, but listening to your description while watching a trailer, <laughs> you have one hundred percent nailed that this is a thing I would like, and I have already yeah. set it downloading on my Switch as we record this. <laughs> like I started watching the trailer, and when I'm like, wait, side scrolling beat 'em up match three puzzler, Iron Chef, Dungeons and Dragons magic. Yes, of course. <laughs> Why would I not get this? This looks great. So there's only one major drawback to the game so far, what and is that's it? that is I'm a big fan of the Scottish sitcom Still Game, 
um, which is a wonderful sitcom. Um, periodically, even in America, you'll see it pop up on Netflix, and I think uh, some channel on Amazon Video will have it. Um, but still game, Scottish um, sitcom about uh, two old men. Um, there is a character called Mina, uh, whose husband runs the local news agent, the local shop, convenience store. Um, just going through all the words for the international audience. Um, and I, I one of my favourite, like, like the joke is, is that there are an a husband and wife that verbally abuse each other all the time. Um, and one of my favourite lines is the husband just turning to the wife and going, Mina, you asshole! And it's just, the delivery of it is so fucking amazing. Just this old bloke just turning to his wife and shouting, Mina, you asshole. And the main character of this game is Mina. So every time they say Mina, I yell, you asshole! <laughs> and it kind of wrecks the game for me. Uh, but outside of that, um, Battleship Brigade has been capturing my attention. Uh, I'm not like fully into it, but it's the sort of game where I, I, I know exactly the kind of people to recommend it to. Um, also, as a matter of disclosure, I've, I know a good couple of people at uh, Adult Swim, and uh, if, if memory serves, they're the publishers, so I, uh, uh, I I don't know, I mean, I don't really do reviews reviews anymore, so I don't sweat it too much these days, but, like, I've got good close friends with Adult Swim, so it's that, it's that take what I say with a pinch of salt, because there could be that underlying bias, um, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, they'd be, uh, if they were banking on any friendship to get me to say, well, I'm not quite seeing what's so brilliant about it yet, but I quite like it. Um, <laughs> that's not a great relationship. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it's one of those games where there are certain people I can already, like in my life, I can say, if you get this game, you're going to fucking adore this. Yeah. And I think that's definitely true I'm, of you, Laura. I'm already getting like the vibe of this is going to be my jam. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm probably going to come back next week and be like, yep, played it. It was great. Here's why I love Let it. Let me know beforehand what, as well. What's like, the name of this again? Uh, Battle Chef Brigade. I will be like, I will message you as soon as I start playing this and I'll be like, yeah, right, here's how line. I'm feeling. I'll, I'll give you a heads up. <laughs> Um, um, nothing gives me joy than being able to recommend a game um, specifically to someone and have them really love it. But, like my uh, my good friend Lauren, when I uh, recommended Undertale to them, they uh, really enjoyed it, and that that, that but, always makes me feel like people think that I get my joy from dumping on games, but nothing makes me happier than someone saying like, you know, I tried Deadly Premonition because you said it was really good, or Sexy Brutal. Uh, and they loved it, you know. The one that still jumps to my mind is that I like I hadn't paid any attention to Undertale until you told me on the podcast that I should check it out, and then I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing! Ah! <laughs> yes, and I That's... watched you then try and play uh, that particular fight. Oh, that fight that um, I did 800, 837 times or something like that before I beat it. <laughs> determination, <laughs> you've got to have determination. Oh yes, uh, that's, a, that's actually something I see in my comment sections an awful lot. You you made me try this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really it's always nice. It's really nice when people try out a game that wasn't on their radar because you you gave it some praise. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like I tried to do that recently when I, you know, I've been talking about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds a little bit more, just because, <laughs> just because I feel like some people deserve to hear about it because otherwise, who would stick up for these little indie <laughs> games? Oh my goodness! So one thing about that, like first of all, it it crossed thirty million concurrent players, which is like, oh, oh shit! That is, that's just that is on fucking insane. that's just on Steam, like not counting anyone that was playing on Xbox at the same time. Yeah. Um, but which is where I play it because, as one of my uh, um, YouTube commenters put it, surprise, surprise, Sterling doesn't pay attention to a game until the console plebs <laughs> get it. <laughs> uh, but there was a, a little bit of news about PUBG this week, and it was basically just that the CEO of the company is like, "Yeah, it's exclusive <laughs> on Xbox for now." But we would like it to come to every single console. So um, look out for that. When it's finished, yeah. when it's a finished game, we will certainly look at bringing it to other consoles. Uh, Sony, I mean, I, I Sony laugh are very, there because... Sony are very quality control conscious. So Yes, that's what made me mm. laugh earlier if, when you if, talked about if this. If Battlegrounds because... gets six million more players, it'll have more players than the population of Canada. Oh, that's wow. it's bizarre. So... <laughs> Yeah, it, at least it, it, at least unlike with League of Legends and World of Warcraft, I have been playing this a bit, and I have actually been able to do some videos on it, it which makes me feel a little bit part of the cultural zeitgeist of the very culture I make videos for, for once in my old, <laughs> out-of-touch life. I, I understand that feeling. I always seem to miss the, the games that really... Yeah. Well, it's not that I miss them, it's just they don't do it for me. But like, I play Le PUBG. League of Legends... Does nothing for me, and you played. What some was the other one that got oh. huge there recently? You know, I All might these, not like, aim five down the sights. And, yeah. and kind of I I might not aim in first person, and I might, in a panic, switch out a level one backpack. Well, well switch out a level two backpack for a level one backpack <laughs> um, more times than I should. But I've played it. I know what PUBG is. You understand I'm, what I, the appeal is and what, what people I'm are doing it. in the PUBG. I, I'm with it now. Like, yeah. like, like I'm, I'm trying to appeal to the team demographic so I can have a million PUBG. views and get away with, um, you know, filming videos disrespectfully on hallowed ground. Um, I want to do uh. that as well. Um, like, what Q if I PUBG reference Dillinger like, Escape um, Plan? Do the kids get that? PUBG sounds like a gangster rapper who focuses on 70s porn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so moving away from PUBG, um, yeah. I I played a thing this week. Uh, <gasps> I, I I haven't played much because I basically just like went away for the holidays and was like, screw screw video did, games yeah. on the internet. Um, I start I played through Finding Paradise, which is the new game from the To the Moon person. Oh, so, I'm I'm gonna be very careful how I talk about this because I don't want to spoil the experience for anyone. It's only it's only maybe five hours or so long. Um, I think that it is an infinitely more interesting follow up than a bird story was, which was a very short, like sub one hour experience that was released a couple of years ago uh, by the same person. This is much more of a here is the scientists from To The Moon. They're going to go and try and make someone else's like dream come true in there and rewrite their memories in their head before they die. It focuses on a different kind of relationship that people can have in their lives. 
and it focuses on different issues people can have and have regrets based around. And I thought it was very well handled. Um, it uses the same overall basic structure as To The Moon, but it it makes some changes that I didn't expect, and it is not afraid to play with the formula in some ways to keep it fresh. Um, mm -hmm. Largely, it is still a game of walk around um, these sort of still scenes, inspect what's happening, watch the scene unfold by like basically find items that are important to the scene that's going on and see what the scene is do a puzzle go to the next one and continue it's a really beautiful story and it's one that i think is told best by being a video game which is always is it, nice for is these it kind gonna of make me cry like um, uh, to the moon did uh it made me cry considerably Fuck. like to the moon did um <laughs> So, you know how To The Moon had, like, a moment where it used not the RPG maker art, but, like, oh, there's a piece of art on the screen, and we are having, like, this is the conversation that is the crux of this narrative, and you're going to have a cry because of the conversation happening. Mm. It has its one of those moments where it's, like, here is, like, the moment that is going to make you cry if this game's going to make you cry. And it got me. It It, it was good. It hit on a very very human and relatable emotional experience that I think many of us can probably see some parallels to in our lives, even if the thing that brought us there was different. Mm. So I I think that they did a my very heart, good... My heart's yeah. not ready. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's... You want to play this in, like, one go. It's probably mm -hmm. five-ish hours. And it once again is just... Here is a story with some mystery. Not quite sure where it's going. Oh, that's the twist. And have your sort of catharsis as you, you sort of go through that emotional moment and come out the other side. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty beautifully made. And it cool. does some nice stuff in terms of... In terms of advancing the, like, overall world and characters of the first to the moon. Like, it does some interesting things of actually fleshing out that pair of scientists into characters that are kind of a bit more interesting and have a bit more development to them. Mm. And, yeah, I don't... The only other thing I will say is if you've not played A Bird Story, which was this one-hour, like, free thing that uh, the same developer put out two or three years ago... I don't think that that one-hour game, A Bird Story, is particularly great in and of itself. It's kind of a setup with no conclusion. It is a short story that kind of sets up a relationship and then doesn't really say anything about it. What I would recommend to people is play A Bird Story as a one-hour epilogue to Finding Paradise. It makes a really nice emotional bookend... And I don't understand why Ken Gao brought it out three years ago separate from Finding Paradise. I think it should have been part of this game. And I think it works well as an epilogue. I, I don't think... I never thought that a bird story was worth playing by itself. I think it works if played in conjunction with this. Consider yourself put on blast, a bird story. Yeah. It's weird, like... 
I, I'm trying not to say too much. About... I was joking, by the way. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm I, not trying to stir shit. I, I don't know how much to say here, but like, a bird story and Finding Paradise both feel like they are components of one experience, and it kind of sucks that for some reason this one hour short story was made into its own separate thing. But it's nice that yeah. it's there once you finish this new game. So yeah, I see what you mean. I can, I can, I can certainly see how. Um, even though I'm not particularly in, in experienced with these games, I can see how that would be a, an issue. Yeah, with, uh, it can. It can be odd how sometimes certain, uh, not just games, but but all types of stories have things that come out where you wonder. Um, it came out in the wrong yeah, order. Yeah, like. Basically, oh man, this... I'm looking at screenshots and there's another poor sick old dude in a bed. Is this gonna? This is gonna make me upset, okay. isn't it? Well, it's it's kind of the same. <laughs> is premise... this gonna do a, a Bubba okay. Hotep on me? It's the same. I was like, I watched Bubba Hotep expecting like Elvis fights the mummy, and then I was un- unaware that I was gonna be bawling, crying by the end it's, of it. It's the same <laughs> basic premise as the first game, in that like this whole science company, their whole deal is people who are on their deathbed and have regrets and going in and mm. changing things in their head so that they can die without regrets. So okay. any game in that series is going to start with the slightly depressing Oof. notion of this person's about to die and they have regrets. But, uh, you know, you're going in there to try and, you know, hopefully sort stuff. Yeah. And hopefully feel better about, like, you know, feel good about <laughs> the outcome. My heart the is ready. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's, watch, it's watch Bubba uh, Hotep, by the way. Great fucking movie. <laughs> I will put it on the to watch list. But um, yeah, I've been talking to some people who finished Finding Paradise now. I can see how, like, depending on which subject matter hits closer to home for you, some people are going to find this better or worse than To the Moon. I think it's of equal quality, even if it's going to vary person to person which one people prefer. It's a very well-made experience, and I think it's definitely. I don't. If you enjoyed To the Moon, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna feel like you've wasted your time with this. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's cool. me and Finding Paradise this week. Um, it was nice to just like play a short game and have it done with like one sitting. Um, other things that happened this week. Couple a couple of things. We heard a little bit of information about the next Zelda game, which is basically, hey, you know how Breath of the Wild was, like, open world? Yeah, don't expect that to end anytime soon. The future Zeldas are going to be open world. And I'm yeah. curious how you both feel about that, because was that an R, Gav? I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I just hope they put the dungeons back in. Yeah, this, this was the same thought I had, was I loved the open world itself, I would l- I, I would have preferred it if we had that open world with some linear dungeons I'm, sprinkled in. I would love if they also made the next open world have more than two things to find in it. <laughs> I thought there were more than two things to find. Shrines and Korok poops. And armor and weapons and money and memories and a bunch of other things. <laughs> there were th- that cooking ingredients. Like there were things to find. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I'm hoping that they learn the right lessons from that cuz I definitely like the thought of them going back to an open world, but I like the thought of there being some 
linear area, like linear enclosed areas that exist within this open world. Mm. But well, yeah, definitely, and 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 some like the shrines were fun puzzles, but it just it's so boring seeing hearing that same music and seeing that same environment ninety times or whatever it, it was. Yeah, there was. I, I miss like the the elemental themes of the temples, and each one felt mm. so different. That, just, that, just, it, there was something lost by the lack of cohesiveness between those puzzles, mm. for sure. And there, and there's such a, a a better opportunity for that than they've ever had now, it, it, because they're doing an open world. You can have the desert temple, you know, in the sand dunes. You can have the water temple actually under a big lake. Well, I, mean, I know they did do that before, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Other things we had, we had like one last bit of news. Uh, the Connect has taken another step towards its eventual eternal death. So I mean, like, it's why not is that already? That exactly what I was intimating. Yeah, well, like are we th- it, it is dead. Let's let's say that. I, like it's well, it's 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 on some form of. It's another nail in its it, coffin. It's another nail in the coffin. It's another of the life support plugs pulled out the wall. It's another like. Step it's not just another piss puddle on its grave at this point. <laughs> so the step that happened this week was, do the drum roll. Um, they stopped selling the adapter that would let you plug the Kinect into the Xbox One S or the Xbox One X. So that's up, up, that's a mercy if you do yeah. have a Kinect without an adapter. Uh, up until mm. now, like the only models of Kinect they were making no longer had Kinect ports, but it's like, oh, if you still want to use the Kinect, you can you can buy this adapter. No. No. You can't you can't even get a thing to plug the Kinect into your new Xbox what now. What is this? What is this weird coward's way of phasing out the Kinect? What what is this slowly Stripping away the ability to get any use out of the Connect before actually killing the Connect. Yeah, it's that makes no sense. Yeah, killing off the adapter seems weird because, like, surely, say someone has their Connect and they upgrade to the X, and they're like, you know what? I kind of do fancy still using that functionality of that thing I own. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I guess the only, the only real market explanation is like. The connect itself it sells for such shit that the adapters practically don't sell. Yeah. There's literally no it's reason. It's probably more to sell expensive them for them to make the adapters. That's probably yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. But at the same time, if the connect is, uh, you know, such a pointless thing now that that all of its accoutrements are obsolete. Um, let's just admit this is done and finally. Well, no, we can't because Major Nelson told us you can't. Use the Xbox architecture without Connect. Oh, that is oh yeah, true. no, it's impossible. The Xbox does not work without Connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of us would uh, rip, and I don't mean just like take out. I mean dramatically rip the Connect out of the uh, back of uh, our Xbox Ones. Uh, so furious they were that it would say, you know pause their games or yeah. uh, really fuck up Dead Rising 3. That was terrible for it, the amount of uh, Force Connect bollocks in there. Um, uh, you had to turn that off. Really had to fucking turn that off. Um, but, yeah, you couldn't use it without it. I mean, I literally couldn't use it with it. It drove <laughs> me up the fucking wall and I hated having it take up space in front of my TV. Mm. Um, even even as a novelty, it, I was like... 
okay, I'll give it a try. And even as a novelty, it wasn't satisfying or interesting. No. It was just, and it didn't work properly. It didn't do what you told it to do. It was just a piece of shit, no. really. When it, when it came out, everyone already had the Wii. I mean, this is what I always say. Like, back when people were chasing the fucking Call of Duty dragon, it's like, people have Call of Duty. They don't want Call of Duty anymore. They have it. Make something else that they might not have, you fucking <laughs> idiots. And I, think, um, I think Nintendo learned that lesson recently with, with the new gen. So I think so, yeah. 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 Um, but, but the you know, they ha- the Wii was the thing people had. They had their Wii Sports. They were happy with it. Mm. Um, then the Kinect came out, and it required you to either rearrange your room, if you had a big enough room, or move fucking house. <laughs> so, bollocks to uh. that. And And even the improved one on the Xbox One, I still... I barely had cause to use it, and even when I did, I wasn't fucking impressed with it. And I won't blame it for ruining Paranormal Activity 4. I mean, let's face it, watching Paranormal Activity 4 ruins Paranormal Activity 4. But, we, but we, fuck it for being in Paranormal Activity 4. I, I will always be eternally grateful to the Kinect, though, for giving us the Project Natal family. You know that family oh, who God, were like playing yeah. us at the E3? Fa- the weird, acting oh. fake family, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of cringy bollocks associated with Natal slash Connect uh, that we can be very thankful for. Mm. Um, for example, uh, the only Milo that I know is um, Peter Molyneux's uh, bizarre freak baby that never came out. Well, you uh, see, was... this, this is actually what happened there. He got abandoned as a child, Milo, <laughs> and look how that turned out. <laughs> Uh, I feel bad. I like part of me thinks that Peter Molyneux probably still has a uh, was it, no, not Peter Molyneux. Is it Peter Moore? He still which, feeds him. Yeah, whichever one. It, who who was it that did Milo? Because like, Peter Molyneux Peter was Molyneux. the Milo. Uh, of course it was. He was over ambitious and didn't work. Yeah, I hope that 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 Milo is just on a computer somewhere in in Molyneux's office. That like I want to go and meet Milo and be like, what's it been like to just be trapped, unloved? unattended to for years in a computer. What's that like, Milo? I like to it's think... It's like being on I, Breitbart. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck it, I don't... I, I, no, I was going to continue with a train of thought, but fuck it now. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah... Uh, beyond that, beyond how freaky that whole weird and and overly ambitious and let's face it, it was never gonna happen in the way it was promoted as the Natal's Milo was. Uh, there was that fucking Star Wars Connect demo that they had on the an E3 show that was uh, tried to show one to one lightsaber battles, and even then didn't look good because it was so clearly scripted and who the fuck says lightsaber on lightsaber on who the fuck does that if you have to make a voice command to turn on your lightsaber it should have been yes see that's the sound you should have had to make to turn your lightsaber on Exactly. <laughs> Although, again, knowing knowing what Connect turned out to be, every time the game subsequently went, it turned the fucking thing off. Um, but yeah, they had that big thing where it's like, oh, look at me doing all my force powers, and then Star Wars Connect finally comes out, and it's, oh, I'm doing a 
dance with Boba Fett, um, which let's point that out when EA said, oh, we couldn't do a pink Darth Vader, we couldn't do cosmetics in Battlefront 2 because uh, people wouldn't want them and it would be unrealistic. People were dancing to YMCA with Boba Fett in Star Wars Connect. You could do the I'm riding solo, but instead it was I'm Han Solo song where Han Solo does a dance about himself. I think he should have have still said riding solo. I'm riding solo. Yeah, um, you know, either way. Um, but anyway, uh, the point is, is Natal did bring us, Natal slash Connect did bring us a lot of laughs. None of them intentional on Microsoft's <laughs> part. Um, I hate it. I, it won't, I once hurt myself playing um, that and not not in the way you'd expect funny ha-ha fat. Um, that fucking Fable the Journey, which was on rails. Um, and also, by the way, May the mark of Cain be on the heads of all game journalists who undersigned that whiteboard um, thing that said uh, Fable the Journey is not on rails, where Molyneux you got a whole bunch of game journalists to undersign it and agree. May the mark of Cain be on your heads forevermore. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I put my fucking elbow out throwing fireballs over and over again in that fucking game. Because it's just making you... And it wasn't fucking recognising them. So I was, like, angrily, like, like just flit... Like, giving my my arm whiplash with that bloody thing. I, um, I, I have one... Fucking favourite I have one journey. memory of Connect, and it was the first Connect game I ever reviewed. And it was Steel Battalion Heavy Assault or something. It was the... Oh, my was God. The, I was going to get onto that next. It was the Connect Steel Battalion game. And there's one mission I remember vividly that, like, it halted my progress. And this was, like, one of my first ever, like, paid reviews. It was for whatculture.com. Mm-hmm. And you can probably still find it somewhere. Um, I reached a mission where I had to, like, hold my hand up to, like, prepare a, uh, to fire this tank. And, like, hold yep. it up there for, like... Five minutes, and I had to wait for this mm-hmm. this target to go past, and then slam my hand down when it was time to fire the shot and to to get the get the target as they went past, and like five minutes or so of holding my arm up and just painful arm from holding it up, and then it doesn't recognize me. Pull my arm down, and I have to do the mission again, and I do it like four times, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it again. Connect. No. Fuck you. This is where my review ends. I couldn't get further. I'd be shocked. I, I, I'd be shocked uh, if there were more than 100 people in the world that ever played that game to its conclusion. And that's a, I'm giving that a very generous figure because I would like to say, but I fear it would be hyperbole, I'd like to say that I don't think anyone ever beat it because it would feel to me impossible. Um, I... I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that Capcom was displayed ethical bankruptcy and not recalling that as a broken product. Um, That game easily won uh, that year's shittiest games of 2017 awards on the Jim Quisition. I truly believe that was a fundamentally broken product, like a teddy bear with needles in it, that should have been recalled like a teddy bear with needles in it. Um, I mean, 
even just when it makes you, I can't forget if it's a high five or catching an apple or both uh, near the beginning, even that didn't work. Um, the game did not fucking r understand your movements, to say nothing of it constantly making you stand up and sit down all the time um, to get it to fucking recognise things, uh, to say nothing of... I couldn't ever get a one-to-one -one read on things. Um, the movements it wanted were too intricate for Connect to really get what you were doing half the time. That was a fundamentally... Um, like, like, And when I say that, because I've called many games fundamentally broken, because many are, uh, but in terms of uh, mainstream games, that was truly a case of a game that should not have been sold that should never have made out of quality testing, should not be yeah. sold to this very day. But every day, every day Capcom continued to sell that game was a day Capcom was, in my opinion, being one of one of the least ethical of the mainstream publishers, which is saying a fucking lot. Oh, goodness. So I, I wrote this, I found this review. You can still find this review I wrote of this years ago um where, where was my description of how it was going um the vt is designed to be a very enclosed box with small viewing holes meaning that any accuracy when for any accuracy when shooting you'll need to raise your right hand to, to bring down the periscope this wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for a the game often refusing to bring down the periscope and b you being kicked back to the cockpit every time you're hit meaning that you have to fight with connect again to get the cockpit uh, the periscope back down See, the periscope becomes cracked after just a couple of hits, leaving you unable to hit anything not directly in front of you. It also suffers from missions which are clearly designed to maximise your use of Connect, but that makes it feel like a huge gimmick, wasting minutes of your time waiting for targets to show up so you can use motion controls that then don't register. I'm like, yeah, this my review is as angry as I remember it. That's <laughs> I'm glad I hadn't like just hyperbolized this in my head that I felt this annoyed about this game. Um no, I mean I haven't played that game since the year it came out, and and I am still um, as as I'm sure um, the, the the past minute or so uh, uh. Of, of my my talking indicates, I'm still possessed of a of a tranquil cold fury uh, when regarding that game because shame on for shame. Uh, Capcom, for sure. I described missions in that game as going back and forth between either boring or unbelievably difficult. That, yeah. that was the two modes <laughs> that, that, that game had Boring or unbelievably You got further difficult. than I did as well <laughs> You stuck it out more than I did Because I couldn't play it long enough to give an actual review um, But my experience Was still so utterly Utterly defective That I, I, uh, I Was was confident giving it the worst yeah. game of the year award Because I it, it wasn't just A broken game It was it was a fucking defective product Yeah I agree Like I think that fundamentally there are things that make that game Like I, I could not get through it. Yeah. Um, Capcom should answer for that. Capcom should answer for that. Capcom should be dragged out into the streets, and 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 I will say drag, should be dragged out into the streets, and uh, basically treated. I mean, maybe not as far as the guillotine, but certainly treated as aristocrats during the revolution in terms of contempt, um, as they answer. For the crime of selling <laughs> that fucking game. So, with, with that that weird tangent into Steel <laughs> Battalion out the way, we've been Steel going for about Battalion. an hour. 
do we want to wrap up here or do we fancy talking a bit about games from the last year that we just like a whole year happened are there any games that we're just like i want to give a nod to that still i mean certainly oh, by all means they're there are ones you can give you shout outs to. Um, the Jimquisition, of course, gave the Jimquisition Awards. So my big top five are known, mm. which uh, I'll just rattle off uh, Horizon, Neo, um, Sexy Brutal, Near Automata, and uh, fuck, I can't even remember games that I fucking like. Oh, what the fuck was it? Did you? Oh, Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. those were my top fivest, uh, and you can see my full video yeah. for my, my proper big thoughts on that. But what about y'all? So, Laura, did you have a top five? I didn't do a formal top five. Um, there's yeah. there's a couple that I want to like go through, and like this is not necessarily a top five, but some that like I forgot happened this year, and I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed that, and I just want to give them a, a quick nod. Resident Evil 7, I was dubious on the whole first person thing. I thought that was a really engaging like first person horror game. That's a great game. Really, yeah, really brilliant. impressed with that. Um uh Night in the Woods, really nice look at like the sort of weird disillusionment that can happen when you're in your early 20s and not sure where you want to go with your life and everyone else kind of feels like they know what they're doing. Uh really really good game Night in the Woods, recommend it. Uh I'm continuing having my list. So if you've got some you want to throw, shout that to <laughs> Gav. Throw them in. Uh, well, what remains of Edith Finch was mm. definitely a standout for me this year. So good. Oh, I forgot that I did a top six this year. <laughs> That's a terrible memory I've got. The, the, in my top six, what remains was one of them. The best walking sim ever. <laughs> it is a very good walking well, yeah. sim. Yeah. It was. It was the walking sim that showed you the walking sims could be more than what people assume they yeah. are. Yeah. It was it was it experimented with the idea of, you know, a walking sim or a you know narrative driven game, interactive drama. Yeah. Um, however you wanna describe it. Um a lot of those games had started to almost Call of Duty it up where they were just all following in the wake of your dear esters and whatnot like um you know they were all trying to chase a call of duty style thing mm -hmm. but what remains of edith finch is and it's not the only game to have done it but it's one of those games um that said no no it is we we can do more with this concept and we can take a very simple idea and spin it out into a lot of different ideas mm. yeah uh, that is definitely one that like needs needs a good shout. Um, Persona Five mechanically, it is kind of just another like big JRPG. It's another Persona game, but it was very amusingly written. I really enjoyed all of the visual and audio design for it. It was like a real audio visual treat, and I I enjoyed that game solidly start to finish. Oh, I keep forgetting that it came out this year, and I put like a hundred and forty hours into it. It was pretty <laughs> great. Uh, uh, Hellblade. Hellblade came out this year, uh, and I think yeah. that that game, like, Gav, I forget. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna say, Gav, I forget. Did you pick up Hellblade? Did I? Yeah. Yes, but um, I just haven't got around to playing it yet, just because mm, of the teams okay. in it. It's, I'm just. A bit... I, as I was wondering if we'd had that's, a conversation. Yeah. I, I I played I played the intro and the first hour or so, and I thought it was really really good. But I'm just not yeah. it's, in the place I understand to, that. to there go are certain through films, that right now. There, there, <laughs> there are there certain films and games I struggle with for yeah. that reason. There are definitely some themes that like you've got to be in the right place for with that game. Um, yeah. 
Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I forgot that was a game this year. I had so much fun with that. Like I played uh, like tat. That's amazing. You forgot yeah. considering your history. Considering I have a tattoo like loosely themed around <laughs> that game. I forgot that that was this year or this past year. Um, yeah, that it was a turn-based like grid strategy strategy RPG that I enjoyed start to finish. I thought its sense of humor like was really engaging. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing if there's any left. I say difficulty down. spikes. If the difficulty spikes had been Iron Tower, I could have loved playing it. Um, but I got too frustrated. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason why I gave it to you to review. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to handle this one without like getting too pissed off and and doing another hell play. <laughs> but for me, the thing that helped me through that was the sort of com- the comedy inherent in the way it presented itself and its lighthearted nature kept me from getting too annoyed. If it if it yeah. got if it had its tough moments, uh, golf story golf story was this year. I I finished that oh, game. Oh yes, really happy with how it turned out. I uh, golf story. I still want to get back to. Mm. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I I I don't quite. As simple as it is, there's something about the the actual golf part of it that is still giving me trouble. And I'm still... I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I just really am awful My- uh, at games. But there's just something about the way they're doing it that I'm trying to... I've got this weird blank spot for I I started it, stopped, went back to the beginning and started over, and I had a lot more ease the second time okay. through. Maybe I've got to try that. Maybe just something clicked that hadn't clicked before, but, like... It benefited me re- uh, starting over. Okay, I might have to try that. It's 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 not like I'd uh, lament that too much. I didn't get massively far, and it's uh, it was fun yeah. enough to play. Like the golfing is fun. Um, like w- when I feel like I'm like it's working as I expect it to, but sometimes I'll hit it in a way, and it's like I don't know why the ball is doing what the ball is doing. And I feel like that's something I should know by now, but I don't. Mm. Um, mm. But but that's my that was my read on it. But I could see the massive promise. And again, it's one of those games where there are certain people I know I could confidently recommend it to. Yeah, but yeah, just I think on other than that, like my big ones for the year, unsurprisingly, were like Horizon Zero Dawn was a big one. Um, I thought Breath of the Wild and. Uh, Mario Odyssey were both like for very different mm-hmm. reasons games that I really engaged with this year. Very mm. recent nod to um, to Finding Paradise, which came out in December. I think that that is a really beautiful little experience as well. But yeah, it's been a good year. Mm. I I should shout out um, Torment as well, Tides of Numenera. I thought that had some of the best writing of the year. Unless you have brought that a couple times. Um, You seem really, really taken with that one. Yeah. And also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Assassin's Creed Origins. I had a really, really really great time with that. If you hadn't brought that up, I was going to specifically ask you um, how how you felt about that one now, uh, this removed, and how it stacked up with the others. That was my second favourite game of the year after Horizon. I I really, really enjoyed it. It was right up my alley, a lovely open world to explore and they just improved so many things that needed improving in the series and I was really happy with that. 
Are there any uh, lesser-known, lesser-discussed games that came out this year that you uh, wanted to give a shout-out to that you felt maybe didn't get enough mention? Um, no, I think Torment covers me for that one. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of any, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. One thing I did want to do, maybe before we close hmm. out, is I wanted to um, just name a couple of games that came out this year. Um, just to see how surprised you are that they came out this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is Final For Fantasy Honor. one of them? Did that come out this year? No, was that was that last year. Last year. But For Honor, can you believe, came out this year? That feels mm. like a million uh, way years back in ago. February. Mm. Um, oh gosh, I reviewed that this past year. Oh, oh, that feels yeah. a long time ago. You reviewed it for me, I believe. Yeah, for you. Because that was... I uh, couldn't fucking bear oh, it. Oh, I did not realize how long ago that was. Yeah, I'm mostly going through. Um, the ones that I listed in the mediocre awards, which I do every year for the games too boring for people to give a shit about. Um, but that was this year, February. Um, after so much Ubisoft hype behind it, um, some say that there are games started in February that are still <laughs> stuck in network lag to this day. Um, <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda oh, God, Jesus, yeah. was a 2017 game. Yeah, uh, you know I I enjoyed it, but just not as much as I should enjoy a Mass Effect game. Yeah, it, it just it wasn't clicking, and like the whole time I was like, this should be more engaging to me than it is. The bugs were amazing. I mean, like bugs that were on par with things you expect in Steam, you know, Steam Direct track. Uh, seeing characters spawn in midair in in like T poses. Um, like just stock standard T poses and just falling to the ground before just just you know snapping into an actual combat pose. Um, I remember a room that was just filling up with uh, NPCs cloning themselves and sort of all clumped together like horrible gestalt beings. <laughs> um, the blurriness in some of the cutscenes. Um, and and Ryder talking as if they're wearing a helmet when they're not. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. Did any of y'all's riders periodically break their own legs? Yeah. And get stuck staggering yeah. and stumbling with these weird broken yeah. legs. You know um, what though? I I could have dealt with all of that. I could have looked past all of the bugs and all of that stuff if just if the characters were more interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean well, that's it. The other thing about that was the the tonally, characteristically, narratively, um, quality-wise, that game was all over the place. Because I love the premise. All over the place. You know, and, and the combat was pretty fun at times. Yeah, yeah. It looked nice. Some of the planets looked nice, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like... If they if they had spent their time focusing on making something more akin to Mass Effect Two instead of a big open world, they could have put all those resources and time into making something a lot more towards what I would have enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Now I know none of you are gonna, or at least I, if I recall correctly, neither of you will uh, agree with me uh, with it being on a, a mediocre list. Uh, but neither of you brought it up, and it does feel in some circles it did make the nod in some areas in some circles it is a bit surprising that prey came out this year one that oh, might have been yeah. a bit swallowed up by uh 
a lot of the other big name I, games. Praise one of those games. I can recognize what it was doing well. It just, it just didn't quite grab me. But yeah, no, yeah. That, I, again, mm. I forget that came out this year. Pray, pray for me. Um, was fun gameplay wise, but um, for me the setting just didn't really um hit me the way that like D- Dishonored does. It just the whole kind of um. You know, clean spaceship thing with bits of metal falling apart here and there. Just it doesn't grab me as a universe as well as uh, something like Dishonored would. So, but it, I mean, it was a pretty good game, Bray. It it did a lot of things right, and I love the themes in it. The themes mm. of you know being outside of yourself, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave you with the one last one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before ooh, you... Ooh, ooh. Quick mention for Death of the Outsider as well, the best Dishonored game. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. The, the DLC. Oh, and the uh, Uncharted one as well. Uh, that was really good this year. The best oh, Uncharted game came out this year. Yeah. Um, I need to get get on that, actually. Mm. Um, it's, it's good. It's well worth It's well worth playing. It's worth playing alone for Chloe and Nadine's oh, banter. Oh, definitely. They, there is such good writing in that. So Such mm-hmm. good performances. And uh, just one last one. This actually wasn't on the Mediocre Awards list because I thought it was all I, right enough. Actually, sorry, Jim, really quickly. Laura. Yes. Did, did Chloe make your Butts of the Year Award, by the way? Because she certainly <laughs> made my Butts of the Year Award. <laughs> um, her butt is pretty spectacular. It's... You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say there's anything narratively informing about it, but it is just an aesthetically pleasing butt, which sometimes is It's certainly is okay. nice to look at the back of for eight hours. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. Sorry, Dim. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just you've left me with a paradox, because now there's this... This sense of anticipation and build for what was just supposed to be a list of very forgettable, dreary games that nobody remembers. Well, I think so people the will build... be surprised by how they forgot them anyway. So. Yeah. Agents of Mayhem. I'm just going <laughs> to... Agents of Mayhem. There, it's out. I don't even remember what that is. Uh, it's basically <laughs> Saints Row, but not good. Oh. Yeah, Volition brought out a game, a game this year. What was... Um... What was Cliff's game that didn't get received so Law, well? Lawbreakers. Oh, Lawbreakers. Yeah. Lawbreakers, yeah. yeah. Fuck, that's... Yeah, I forgot about... that. Like, I, I downloaded it when it was in beta, and I couldn't get a single match to start, and so I just completely forgot about it after that. Um, it's, in a similar vein, David Jaffe's shooter came out this year, I believe. Uh, Drawn to Death. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, Laura, did you yeah. play that? Do I remember? What, Drawn to Death? Yeah. I played some of it. It was visually yeah. interesting, but that was about it. I was intrigued by it when yeah. it came out, and then I didn't really think anything more of it. It had, yeah. it had a little bit of not a lot. It had a little bit of personality to it, but outside of that, it was just a bit of a a run of the mill mm. shooter. Um, not one I stuck with very long at all. Mm. Mm. Oh, Rhyme came out this year. That was a nice. Nice game. I, I like but that. that was a good little one, yeah. Well, not great, not great, but I, I did. Uh, not in my opinion, of I'm course. Not, another game I, that I made did. me cry at the end. Yeah. Oh, and people are probably like blue in the face with with anger that we haven't mentioned Cuphead at all. Oh yeah. I was just thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a game that I did play a bit. 
I play, I played, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I rage quit on the first level. I, so I, that, I, that. It's like I recognise quality, uh, but um, I, that ain't a gym I game. Fi- I finished Cuphead. I played it to completion, and yet PewDiePie made a video about how I suck at video games and couldn't beat Cuphead because it was too difficult for me because apparently... I, I don't even know why that was a thing. Well, those are some opinions to value. Um... Cuphead's one of those games that, like, I can recognise it's good, but then there are plenty of other games out there that I don't need to try to enjoy. I can just enjoy Yeah, 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 I think that's the... That's a fair enough take. And, you know, fair play to the the people who do like it. Um, You know, who... The many ones who aren't arseholes about enjoying it. It's a gorgeous game, and I'm glad it it performed well. And it's... It's... it's, it's, it's really cool that games like that do still exist for the people who like them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there like no, an absolutely. XCOM game this year. I no interest in that, but people probably get mad that we didn't mention that as well. I, I I'm not really a, a, a strat a strat guy, so yeah. unless it's Dynasty Tactics on PS2 <laughs> um, or, or a select few. We, we uh, men- I'm not a big one. We mentioned last week as well how the South Park game kind of came and went. Yep. And yeah. I never even bothered with it, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. Uh, not out of any sense of contempt. I just, mm. I played the first one and that was more than enough of it for me. Mm. Yeah. Like, if anything, if I would I, I probably wouldn't bother buying it. Uh, fractured but whole if I wanted that experience again I feel I'd rather just plus I didn't really watch any later episodes <laughs> so yeah. if there were any more recent jokes I wouldn't have gotten there, there them. was a, the first South Park I wanted to play because it's like oh how is this as an adaptation of a thing that I'm aware of and then I was like oh I now know how they ad- adapt that into a piece of uh, like a video game yeah. mm. I, I now know that I don't need to play another there's no. um anyway. There's also mm-hmm. Evil Within Two, which isn't bad. I just can't I seem to motivate to myself to go back and finish it. Yeah, after that point where I mentioned uh, on the podcast how I was glad I don't review games anymore, so that I can take a break and come back to it. Yeah. And too much other shit came out. Never got back yeah. to it. Mm. Uh, I went, I went probably back never and will at this it point. It's not a bad game. It's just 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 not really. Giving me it anything that enough. makes me compelled to want to see more of it. Yeah, it doesn't do enough to keep you pulled in. Mm. Um, especially not with a thing like Resident Evil 7 out there, which, you know, I was mm. able to play multiple times through. Um, so anyway. I can play that again, actually. Uh, I think that... Uh, oh, Neo. That'll, oh, well, wait, no, it won't. Uh, Neo, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was on my list of... Uh, certainly on my list of best of games this How year. How did that not make my top five, actually? Oh, well, because there was so much other Because there's a shit. lot. Yeah. I mean, my, was a, it was a top loaded first end of the year. My top five, like, was, like, and this is pretty much as much in order as I can put them, was, like, starting from five would be Zelda, Torment, Edith Finch, Assassin's Creed, and Horizon. And, like, all of those were games I enjoyed so much that it would be really hard in any year for anything else to get, you know? Yeah. Um, interestingly, just how few of the games that we all really loved, at least mainstream-wise, came out in the last quarter of the year. Yeah. yeah the, oh, the first, and I'm not going to bring up a certain reason why. 
You know, there was too much shit all coming out at once. I'm so glad Assassin's Creed came out at the end of the year because that was the big winter life eater game for me. And I'm yeah. glad I had the time to just take that one slow without going, oh, you know, I've got to get to Zelda or I've got to get to this other one that's out. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, I'm actually going to wrap us up now uh, right. because uh, I know a couple of people's got to shoot off. Uh, so I'm just going to shoot over and say, Laura, how the hell can people find out about your work that you do? Me? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz, places that have usernames, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Other than that, you can find me Monday to Friday, 95 at kotaku.co.uk. I am writing a kind of a bit more <coughs> spoilery thing about uh, Finding Paradise that will hopefully be up in the next day or so. Uh, writing some some things about 2018 and what's what's coming in that. So go go check those things out and also check out Dice Funk. I do a D&D podcast, so Dice Funk. Okay, okay. And Gavin, my lad, you do music and how can people find out all about that stuff? You can find all of my songs on YouTube. Just search for Miracle of Sound and you can also find me on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, etc, etc, where you can buy my album Level 8, which has all my songs from last year. And you can also support me on Patreon to help me pay the bills. And that's all under Miracle of Sound. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, as for my part, the top 10 shittiest games of 2017 uh, came out this uh, week on the Jimquisition. Uh, so check that out on the Jim Sterling YouTube channel, if you so please. And if you can get to the area on January 20th, again, just a little reminder, at uh, Jackson, Mississippi, at the Hideaway in Jackson, uh, Sturdust will be making his professional wrestling debut. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, just... For those who are worried, I'm, I've been assured that Stardust knows what he's doing and that it's other people who ought to be worried. So that'll be good. Um, <laughs> I w- do I do come if you can. I'm, I'm, sh- personally, I mean, Stardust confident. Personally, as is uh, Alter Ego, I'm shitting my pants um, with, just the, with just nerves of performance. But... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a thing. So we'll wrap up. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening, supporting, sticking with us, and we'll see you next time. And do try and have a lovely 2018. Bye. Bye. Bye.